0: You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I'm your host, Kevin Austriker of Ravens Wire. And we return here with a midweek edition. And as the season, the 2021 season, is back so is a regular guest of ours and that is cole jackson cole it's been a while we're back here the regular season less than a week away the ravens are slated to play those las vegas raiders on monday night football welcome back and how you doing today
0: i'm doing good brother it's uh it's chef's yeah, been all all feels like all winter like basically <laughs> but or all summer not all winter right. um <laughs> Well, I guess all summer and all uh, winter, but no, it's good. It's good. I'm I'm glad to be back. I'm looking forward to doing this every week, and it's been uh, it's always been fun to kind of get to do the Q and A with the fans and uh, kind of give them some of my insights. And I've uh, gotten to know a lot of our regular question askers on Twitter, so it's it's been great to build this little community. So thanks for having me back on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you start off here with us again, and there's no shortage of stuff to talk about, of <laughs> course, is the Ravens have been dealing with a lot of those injuries, and it's kind of come full circle where the Ravens have had to make an addition, or and there probably will be more coming in the coming days. But at the time of this recording, the relatively new news of the Ravens signing Le'Veon Bell, the running back, to their practice squad after the season-ending injuries to, to J.K. Dobbins and to Justice Hill. And this was a move that was necessary, not necessarily the player, but just adding one or two running backs because the Ravens that left them Cole with just two healthy guys on that roster in that position. So there were a lot of guys out there and I know people were clamoring for either Bell or Devonta Freeman. I know Elijah Holyfield was someone who was also brought in for a visit. Latavius Murray was released, but the move was made for Bell. He's now on their practice squad. So Cole, what did you think of the signing at first? Was this a move that you think will help the Ravens in the long run?
0: It's a good question. Um, Thank God we didn't record this an hour ago or else we would have missed the entire uh, news rollout. (laughs) But it it has been a crazy week because, I mean, uh, it got reported today by Josina Anderson about, I think it was like four hours ago, but Devontae Freeman actually stayed around for an extra day to do his medicals. So, I mean, for what it's worth, like what I was hearing from some people is it sounded like Freeman was where they were moving. Um, And and to be fair, they still have a 53 man spot open because they're going to IR Justice Hill. So, adding Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad doesn't mean that they won't turn around and add another running back. It does look like it's going to be Trenton Cannon uh, given his special teams abilities. So, um, you know, one of the big things that I've seen is uh, especially my guy, Michael Crawford at Abu on Twitter, um, taking a look at the role that justice Hill played for the Ravens last year in terms of his special teams abilities. And if you kind of go back over through the last few years, Um, It's hard to envision a third running back on the Ravens that doesn't play special teams. Um, One of the things that I can tell you from the film that made a significant difference is in 2019, the Ravens were 25th in the league uh, for their coverage unit and they went a little bit heavier with two outside linebackers on their kickoff coverage to be specific, where they used to have either a running back and receiver or an outside linebacker doing a outside contain role that changed in 2020, specifically with Hill and other guys playing that role. So they added more speed and they went from 25th to fifth in their coverage unit uh, as an overall special teams unit. That's not something we can ignore. Uh, special teams aren't fun. They're not going to get you fantasy points. I get it. Um, but you, hate, you don't care about them until you get a, a return splashed in your face, right? So special teams are going to play a role. Um, that makes a ton of sense. I think what I was speculating is, I thought that third running back would be a pass catcher and either that guy or Tyson Williams could kind of fill the special team void. And then you'd have a guy on practice squad. That's more of a, you know, inside, outside runner. So more of the running back, whereas that third running back on the 53 is more of the third down specialist, obviously losing Dobbins, not having Ingram, they played a lot of those third down pass catching uh, situations. So it's a huge gap to fill. Um, but it looks to me based on you know everything we're hearing. Uh, it looks like they're going to go with Canon onto the 53, and then they're going to do, uh, Le'Veon Bell on the practice squad who will for the next two weeks can be pulled up onto the game day roster they have those two practice squad activations after the two weeks he wouldn't be able to be pulled up but they would be able to make a decision maybe Cannon goes back to the practice squad maybe they can do another special teams role we don't know yet right so uh, th- as we've seen things can change you can go from four running backs and everything's looking good um, Hill was on his way out the door Dobbins goes down Hill's job saved Hill turns around, tears his Achilles. Things change like crazy in this league. Um, So I guess that's my big takeaway. The other thing that I just tweeted about, they could put Cannon and Bell on practice squad, put a Latavius Murray on the 53 if they think he's that guy. They could activate Cannon with one of those two activations and let Bell get used to the system and then maybe reassess in a couple weeks. We don't know, but let's just look at it this way. It looks like they, they're bringing in options um, that's going to give the coaches a lot to assess and make informed decisions. So I think, you know, they're going from a spot where it's kind of like eh, two running backs on a team that runs the ball more than anyone. They're giving themselves options and giving themselves something to assess. I think they're, they're doing the right thing as, a, as an organization.
1: Right, and I think so too. A big thing with this is how of people were expecting or – maybe not expecting, but they were thinking, all right, well, whoever the Ravens sign for this third running back is going to have to be this like 1,000 yard rusher and be like this superstar player. That's not what this is. The Ravens needed somebody who could come in and fill a role for them. And there are multiple, you know, they needed to fill that special teams role, which you mentioned Cole is pretty important. And then also the pass catching pass blocking role, which I think Bell does pretty well. And I mean, just, just pulling up Le'Veon Bell's stats. No, he is not the player that he once was in Pittsburgh. I think a lot of people know that, but, 1,556 carries for 6,453 yards, 40 touchdowns on the ground, and then another 394 receptions for 3,259 yards and eight scores. So that, that's a player that can come in and, and make a lot of things happen for you in the way that you need. You don't, you don't need Le'Veon Bell to carry the ball 200 times for your team, right? You have Gus Edwards, you have Tyson Williams to do that, and Bell can come in there and make a role for himself, much like I think Trenton Cannon can do for himself. Goal, is this the... Was this the best signing or the best possible outcome, or at least one of them for you? Because I know there were a lot of options. So was Bell and Cannon, the two, now that you look at it, you have the information that you think was one of the best options to help the Ravens out at that position?
0: I think putting Bell on practice squad was the best decision they could make because it'll give him time to get assessed in the system. Uh, If you go back to early Pittsburgh days with Bell, They ran a pretty varied scheme, but I certainly recall towards his last few years, they ran a ton of zone. The Ravens run a ton of gap. So how's he going to fit in that system where it's more downhill between the tackle running? It's not to say Bell can't do it. It's to say, I don't think it's his strength what I thought he was so good at what made him who he was, was that one cut ability, his ability to use his vision and patience, set up his blocks and zone scheme, and then use one cut ability, agility, acceleration, make a guy in second level miss off he goes. Um, That's what I thought made him the player that he was. That said, we can't rule guys out. You got to give them a look. So let's put him on the practice squad, get him in some reps and let's see what it looks like. Um, In terms of what to do now, the timing was funky. You know, uh, it gets announced Schefter tweets about 15 minutes after Josina tweets that not, not only that Murray is now released, but Murray said on a phone call, Baltimore's down a few running backs, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So it's like, what an awkward position, but you know, (laughs) I think they're. I think they need a special team contributor. It doesn't necessarily need to be a running back. It needs to be someone with speed. Um, We saw Stevens, Westry, um, Uh, who are some of their uh, Welch, like some of those guys play significant preseason special teams uh, roles. It's just about, I think they want that speed and it usually comes from that running back because usually their third running backs active on game day so that you're not just running with two running backs on game day. So it's going to be a juggling act, but it's not that it has to be the running back, but it would have to be someone else. Another thing that I was just talking about, because I mentioned it earlier, um, two I, I said they used to have kind of two outside linebackers in 2019 when their units weren't as strong. They didn't have one of those guys be someone running for four, four, like, uh, Odafe Owe can. we right. saw him play gunner in the preseason, which is absolutely absurd. Does he offer them the speed that they require from an outside linebacker that's active on game day? Therefore they don't need it to be the running back possibly. So that's what I mean. Like they need to kind of think through the options, um, the Ravens have me charting out who what our cut what our coverage units can look like. That's what this team does to me. Um, not usually how I spend my Tuesday nights, but that's what I'm gonna be <laughs> doing tonight. Um, but uh, you know, I think they I think they need to add a guy like Latavius Murray, and maybe it's Bell, but I, I don't know, I, but I think Murray fits that third running back role really well. Great pass protector um, can catch out of the backfield, good inside uh, between the tackle runner. so that that's my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, I'm with you, Cole. If the Ravens do decide to add, like, Latavius Murray to their roster, again, as we saw and you mentioned, you can never have enough depth because the running back position, it was looking great, and everybody's excited for J.K. Dobbins and excited for Gus Edwards, and now, less than a week before the season, the Ravens are having to sign guys off of the street. But, Cole, my final question for you quickly here is, the Ravens, Assuming Trenton Cannon does get signed and even Latavius Murray as well, they're going to have a lot of depth there. And with the special teams role probably belonging belonging to Cannon and then probably the pass-catching role belonging to Bell, do you think that it's the best option for this team to activate four running backs on game day every single week with the depth that they might need elsewhere at defensive tackler, maybe an extra defensive back, an extra offensive lineman? How do you see that working out if the Ravens do have to activate four running backs every week?
0: Um, If I recall last year, I think they had four running backs going for a big chunk of the start of the year. So I think it's going to be okay from that perspective. I think what they're going to be more concerned about is um, their special teams units, uh, in terms of making those informed decisions, so cannon kind of being that special teams ace and less of a third running back, um, may make all the sense in the world to them in terms of giving bell that, uh, game day activate or elevation, sorry, off of practice squad. Um, that being said, where I have a little bit of concern is, uh, on their defensive line, they don't have. A backup nose tackle right now, which I mean, you could argue it, they're not going to play a whole ton of snaps. But we've seen it before. If Brandon Williams goes out, that usually falls apart. But if Justin Ellis isn't that one of those game day elevations, you know what's going to happen there. We've seen Clayus Campbell slide all the way into the one tech. We've seen Broderick Washington be able to do it. Matt BK is there. It's not that they don't have options. It's just that I'm a little bit worried about. The defensive line depth and it's it's not only that it's you want to have a healthy rotation on the d-line you want to keep guys fresh um derek wolf i mean i don't even need to say one name all three of our starters in terms of interior defensive linemen are all you know getting up there in age and we have some promising showings from washington and Matabike. Um, So, you know, is that enough? Is that enough to just kind of rotate five or do you want to, I mean, you can also factor in McPhee can slide in and play some of that five tech. Um, So that's certainly relevant, but I do worry about that kind of one zero tech shade that they might want in Justin Ellis. So that's kind of one of my big depth gaps. And then the other thing being uh, what they're going to do with the DBs. Um, So that's where I could see another, another activation coming from
1: yeah it'll all be kind of in flux especially for the first couple of weeks and then after Le'Veon Bell those two practice squad call-ups where do you go from there it'll all be interesting especially with the Ravens do bring in a guy like Latavius Murray and Trenton Cannon as well because it seems like at least one of those two guys is coming to Baltimore and maybe Devonta Freeman's like a, a late addition there that maybe could come because there are just so many guys now in the fold but it's probably unlikely it All those guys end up finding a roster spot in Baltimore. Coming up, though, we're going to dive into your mailbag questions. So stay tuned for that. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors. It's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season get all the updated odds props and contests including online's biggest half million dollar nfl mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest open now bet online head to the website and use your mobile device assignments today and receive your 100 welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season open between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And we return here with our second segment of this Wednesday edition of Locked on Ravens here with YouTube veteran Cole Jackson and someone who, you know, for me being my third day on YouTube and having someone who already has that established channel. I mean, Cole, you're the one teaching me here about the whole YouTube thing. Yeah,
0: no, it's uh, it it took me a while. What I can definitely say is getting <laughs> down the logistics is what makes right. the difference. Um, but you know, look at the beautiful background. I mean, you're off to a heck you're of right. a start. But uh, no, it's it's a lot of fun, man. I, it's been it's been more fun. You put a face to the name or the face to the voice, and I find yeah. it's a little bit more interactive. So I'm pumped to see Locked On make this transition. Uh, I think you guys are going to nail it. And I'm super pumped to watch it unfold.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, having you on here as well. I do have the background, the beach vibes here on Locked on Ravens. It's a good, good kind of setup so far, but you know, it's not perfect yet. So, so we'll get into it, but cool. Getting into the mailbag now because we're getting back into that swing. We have a bunch of questions here, one segment worth and a lot pertaining to your specialty, which is that offensive line. And so I want to start off with someone on the offensive line for Baltimore right now. It's a question from Jacob Vogel and Cole, it's a question for you directly. And it asks, will Ben Cleveland grow on you and how long until the left guard starter changes, if at all? Because right now, it looks like on the Ravens' initial depth chart that was released by the PR staff there, Tyree Phillips is slated to be that left guard. Now, that's not a starter announcement, but it could be Ben Powers. Ben Cleveland right now, he just, he's not had enough game action, still has a couple limitations. So with Cleveland in particular, Cole, How much is he going to grow on you in these coming weeks, coming months? And in terms of the left guard position for the entire season, how do you see that playing out?
0: Yeah, the big thing that I think they did well with Cleveland, and you could see it clear as day when he did get into a game, is um, I know it was reported by our friend Spencer Schultz that they really tweaked his stance um, in the first couple of days of practice. And he looked obviously – switching up someone's stance is so fundamental that it's always going to cause growing pain. So I'm not saying he, it's expected that it's going to look sloppy and he did look sloppy and there were those reports came out, but I think those are pretty unfair. Um, given the context of changing your stance, it's so pivotal to everything you do. Um, then unfortunately he goes out with this concussion. So he's not getting those game reps. He's not, you know, we're not hearing about him just Simply not playing. Go through a couple games. He doesn't get to get in there. Um, he finally gets in. Uh, gets in some practices. I think he played in two of the joint practices uh, of the three in Carolina. Maybe it was only one. Can't remember. Um, but then he he gets into a preseason game. Finally in the third one. I thought he looked good. Um, I mean, he looks a lot more, uh, what what I found the biggest difference was in his stance is he's not as on his heels coming out of when he fires his feet, so I think that's big. Um, That was one thing I didn't like of him in pass pro. You're always going to see it with uh, kind of those bigger guys that struggle with lateral movement. He's a very good uh, north south runner, we saw it in his 40 time. He's not as nimble moving laterally. Um, which is, I mean, he's tight hipped, he's a big dude, he's tall. Um, it's always going to be a little bit tough for them to move laterally. It looked like they were trying to get him to play more on the balls of his feet, which would kind of help him progress better there. Um, so I thought he looked good. Um, as for whether or not he's going to grow on me, I just evaluate what I see, I call it as I see it. I don't really have any gripes. Um, good or bad. You saw it with Ben powers. I thought he played terrible in week one, but he answered him and played well in weeks two and three of the preseason. So, I mean, it's nothing against Ben powers. It's just, he didn't play good week one. So that's what I'm <laughs> going to say. Um, so I, that's how I, I've always had a, I, I really like Tyree Phillips, but that's because there's so much potential there. Um, but there's also potential with the, with with Cleveland. It's just they he's got to get the reps and I think we're I would not be surprised if we do see kind of a rotation between Powers and Phillips at the left guard spot. very similar to what we saw at right tackle. Um, it was always hard to figure out if that right tackle rotation was, performance based or if it was injury based cuz we know Fluker had some injuries so were they giving him a couple series to keep him fresh it's super unique in the NFL to see a rotation in 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 a regular season game like like I I can think of uh, someone told me the Redskins used to do this with, excuse my use of the name, but it was literally when that's what the team was called. Um, So it it was uh, under, under Gibbs, I think they used to do it with their guards, but anyway, that that's to say it's so rare um, that it was surprising, but I mean, the Ravens, showed their ability to do it and have some success, even though the right tackle spot was kind of what screwed them in the playoffs ultimately. Uh, But they could try that if they want to see more reps, maybe they do kick Phillips out there. And if he's not, you know, they go through two series and he's not doing it, they throw powers out. And then if, you know, he's doing okay, maybe they put him back out. I don't know. Um, That said, it looks like Cleveland's kind of in that third spot on the depth chart. It's going to be really hard for him to climb up if one of those guys takes off. And that's not, it kind of reminds me of, 2019 at center um going into the bye week i think we played seattle right before the bye week matt scurrah was struggling um it was kind of loosely reported that if matt scurritt didn't have a good game against the seahawks before that bye week that they would consider a change at center during the bye week matt scare played well in the seahawks game and obviously took off until he got hurt um but we've seen them make those changes we saw orlando brown jr come in at right tackle in 2018 on the bye week um you know, it's it's not something that a team will shy away from because you get a full week of no game prep, right? So you're getting those those full practices to kind of weave a guy in there. Um, so I think that would be Cleveland's best option to get into the starting lineup this year. If he can show some progress in, in practice leading up to the bye week, that's the spot where I think he'd get into the mix.
1: Yeah, and that sounds exactly right. And I think with Cleveland in particular, people saw, you know, how big of a man he is, how giant he is. And he got a lot of hype coming out of that draft. The Ravens obviously very excited about him, but, you know, he's not a perfect prospect. He certainly has all the tools, all the potential, and the Ravens working with him. I think he's in a good situation. He will start on this offensive line, I think, by the time his Ravens career is all said and done. And I think he'll have a pretty good career in a Ravens uniform. But for right now, it, it's really rare in particular for the Ravens to give rookies huge roles coming out of the game. I think a lot of people were surprised that Tyree Phillips last year won the right guard job and they announced him as that guy. A lot of people had DJ Fluker penciled in there because he was the veteran and he was that guy. But the Ravens surprised a lot of people and went with Tyree Phillips. So now Phillips is on the other side of that line at the left guard position. And I know there might have been a couple groans there with the whole rotation mentioned because I think people are just tired of it. And after what happened with Fluker and, and Phillips' it, right tackle, you know, it wasn't something that went amazing. It wasn't something that went well either. So I think that for the Ravens, maybe this is their best bet to start it off, see who performs better, and then by the time you hit week four, week five, you have a clear shot of, all right, this is who's performing better. Let's get the veteran in there. And then Cleveland could maybe slide in there during the bye week, as you mentioned. But, Cole, let's get into – The second question here comes from King Raven, and he asks, I want to know what Cole thinks of our future center. That's right. With our first-round pick next year, we are taking this bad man to start next to Ben Cleveland. So this is assuming Ben Cleveland starts, and, of course, the Ravens pick Mr. Zach Frazier, who I think has gotten a lot of hype, and Cole, you know, the offensive line guru here, what do you think of a guy like Frazier coming into Baltimore and playing next to Ben Cleveland if he starts? Because I know a lot of people with Bradley Bozeman, very excited, some also very nervous but if Bradley Bozeman plays well, this is a contract year for him. So he could potentially price himself out of Baltimore, enter a guy like Frazier, who could maybe if Bozeman plays well, enter the line and there wouldn't be a ton of drop off there.
0: Yeah. I think he's going like, first of all, his tape will need to be studied. Like I do with all my due diligence when I give uh, college football, um, opinions, but you know, based on early stuff I've seen, he definitely seems like a fit, um, would kind of come in here and run that power scheme the way they want it. Um, but I will say on Bozeman, the guy looked good in preseason, and it's going to be super interesting to see how they do this. Um, he's got—he's a guy that's going to, you know, demand some money from Baltimore, given he's shown the versatility. Um, and then stepping into center, I think, you know, a lot of the things I critiqued him at guard: lack of lateral mobility, inability to kind of get movement on combination blocks when he had to reach across. Um, a lot of those are kind of eliminated playing and more of a box and center. Um, if you go back to, I think uh, it was one of Baldy's tweets. I think it was the first play of the last preseason game. Uh, they ran, uh, it was a outside run to Dobbins. Um, both the entire right side of the line made nice reach blocks, including Bozeman getting out there against a Mike linebacker versus, you know, we might've seen him doing that out against a Sam or a will, and he's kind of out more space and he struggles. It's exactly what I'm talking about with where I think he can play better and less space. Um, But, you know, because he, I think he can play well, I think he's going to demand a lot of money and it's going to be super hard just because, you know, we just saw us play Mark Andrews. Now they got to pay Lamar, obviously, um, you know, other cats coming up that they're going to have to pay. So how are they going to fit Bozeman into those plans? Um, So, I mean, I've wanted them to draft a center for, I mean, they drafted Bozeman late, but I think it was the fifth round. But, you know, when's the last time they really invested at center? It's right. been years and years and years. Frazier would be a good bet. I love it. I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah, I think it. I think it'd be good too. And the unfortunate reality of the situation at the Ravens draft well, and they sign quality free agents, is they're not able to keep everybody. You know, they find these diamonds in the rough at key positions, and then they have their rookie contracts, which are great, or they have a great end to that rookie contract, or uh, end of the second contract, and then all of a sudden, teams are lining up at their doors asking, "All right, we're going to pay you this amount of money." We know Baltimore can't offer that. And it's that that reality is going to become even more of a thing because with the Jackson extension, you know, you mentioned they just paid Mark Andrews. It's like that 2018 draft class is now creeping up on them. It's hitting them full force because also Deshaun Elliott's in that draft class. And if he has the year that a lot of people expect him to have, then what's that money going to look like? And are they going to be able to pay him? So if Bozeman is the odd man out in the draft class or in the Ravens free agents it would be unfortunate because I agree. I think he looked good in the preseason. I think he has a lot of potential to do well this year, but a lot of teams will see that. And center is a very premium position in this league. It's it's very hard to find that talent for an offense where we've seen for the past couple of years, Lamar Jackson looking like Odell Beckham snagging passes to his left and to his right with one hand. You need someone who can one snap the football, but two just block well and be able to get out of that stance and do well with it. So I think Frazier would be a good bet. The Ravens are very deep in a lot of different positions, so maybe center's finally where they look in that first round. But finally here at Cole, our last question before we head into our final segment comes from Michael Switzer, and he asks, with the Andrews signing, do you guys see Lamar getting signed this season, next season, or franchise tagged for a year? And I know this Lamar Jackson contract situation, so many different things can happen. I don't know if both parties feel like a signing during the season would be worth it for them. I know that's a little bit trickier because of the fact that you know, Jackson could be playing really well and he could be upping his value or he could be playing poorly and the team could say, well, you're playing this poorly now. We're going to cut that money we had on the table for you a little bit. So, Cole, where do you see this Lamar Jackson extension falling in terms of when the deal actually gets signed right now with the news of the Andrews extension?
0: I really thought it was going to come this week. Uh, We're Tuesday evening tonight. Um, Tomorrow's kind of probably the deadline where I could expect it. Um, I'd be surprised at this point, given everything else, but I really did think it was going to come after Andrew's dropped. Um, I don't think they'll do it in season. It's a little bit more rare to see these big extensions. Um, That said, we're just, I think it's given the fact that he doesn't have an agent. I don't think things are leaking. And so because there's no leaks, there's no one really to talk about what's going on. And I, I give Lamar a ton of credit and, and his, and his team. Like I, I know his mom's been super involved in the negotiations. Um, it, but it's, uh, I, I wish my mom was negotiating for me. That woman's fierceless. <laughs> um, but, uh, right. <laughs> and she's a Jackson too. Um, yeah, but, there you go. <laughs> uh, but, uh, um, you know, I, I just can't see it kind of happening in season, but it's just been so interesting that we haven't got a lot of leaks. I mean, you get the little leak that it's like, you know, contracts talks are stalling from ESPN, but they don't know what's going on. I, I tell you that much right now. Um, but so I, I think it's either before or after and um, you know, it, it is hard to figure out because you know, Lamar set the league on fire in 2019 MVP, unanimous MVP. Stock super high 2020. I disagree that he regressed. I definitely don't think he played to the 29th, but anyone expecting him to maintain, you know, a 9.1 touchdown percentage and there was going to be regression, but it's, it's what that regression means. Um, in the in context of how good the previous season was to which you regress um you know he played a little bit more closer to the mean uh versus playing super super well um that means his mean is still high so how could he how much could he lower his value what would he have to do this season to lower his value um that's mostly why i thought the deal would get done i'm assuming it's going to come in slightly higher than Allen, less than mahomes uh just based on you know pedigree and uh Um, you know, the fact that Mahomes has a super bowl. Um, so we'll see, but I don't, if it's not done by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I think it's going to be not until next off season. Will he get franchise tagged? I'd be surprised. I I don't think he'll want to play under the tag. Um, I have to imagine a deal is close and it's just kind of when it's gonna get done so i but but the other thing is like there weren't a lot of leaks about mark on mark andrews contract um you know we didn't hear much there it just kind of got done and then you know i'm trying to get ready for my fantasy draft and then that drops um <laughs> so it's like you know it's uh it's it's interesting how that lead up happens so i that's my take i i think it's either this week early this week or next off season i don't think he gets franchise tagged
1: yeah, and, and you know, Cole, I, I've been saying that for a while, and I completely agree with you. People okay. expecting Lamar Jackson to continue to improve upon the pure box score baseline stats that he had you know passing yards passing touchdowns all that stuff from his 2019 season if we're talking five years down the line and people are still expecting him to improve he's throwing 100 touchdowns and he's <laughs> rushing for 50 more like it's just literally not possible you know it's very rare that a player can do that in one season let alone put in multiple so not that jackson doesn't have the talent to get back into the mvp race this year but his regression from a pure statistical box score perspective i mean sure he didn't have some of the best baseline numbers but he also didn't have bad ones either you Saw the efficiencies. You, one of the most efficient red zone quarterbacks. Stuff like that, where people kind of ignore it. So for me, an extension, I agree. During the season, is kind of not an option for me. But we never know with this stuff, right? It could, it could happen some random day in October, some random day in December. But to me, I think it's either going to happen as you mentioned, Cole, in the next few days, or they're just going to wait, see what happens during this season, and then go from there with those numbers. But we do have a more offensive line talk to talk about with this offensive line guru we have on the show in Cole Jackson. So stay tuned for that. But in another word from our sponsors, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, including coconut, coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, and salted caramel? Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Order today and get that raspberry or brownie or whatever you like. Go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. And football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Running Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33 and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full season, playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant, where you can ask with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th. Start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running and minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. We are back with our final segment of this Wednesday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still here with Cole Jackson. And Cole, I could not let you get out of here without asking you about this offensive line. It's a unit that the Ravens saw during the 2020 offseason or 2021 offseason and said, we have to do something about this. Orlando Brown is out. We have Ronnie Stanley coming back from his injury. The Ravens also have Kevin Zeitler and Alejandro Villanueva, Juwan James waiting in the wings there, potentially. Bradley Bozen with his move. Cool. just in general, I want to ask you about the the offensive line rundown and how you think this unit will either improve or regress from the product that we saw in 2020.
0: It's a good question. Um, it's something like I'm going to be doing a film room episode over on two guys watching football every week. So be sure to check in there if you ever did some offensive line play. Um, we're going to be doing a lot more content than that. But I'm going to be focusing specifically on O-line play, um, which I did through the preseason. One thing I focused on was we actually got some snaps of the new look right side of the line. So that was exciting. Um, I'm excited about the right side of the line. I think If we're talking, you know, what's the line gonna look like compared to the line we saw towards the end of the year without Ronnie Stanley, we're gonna see an upgrade. Um, Ronnie Stanley's better than Orlando Brown at left tackle. Alejandro Villanueva is better than Phillips and um, Fluker at right tackle. Both tackles are upgraded. That said, how how do our new offensive tackles compare to last year? Well, I mean, Stanley's pushed, Stanley equals Stanley. Villanueva is a downgrade from Orlando Brown Jr. You know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I, I still think uh, Brown Jr. wanted to leave for contract reasons and get paid as a left tackle, but it doesn't matter now. I mean, he's gone. Um, that said, I was pretty impressed with Villanueva. The, where I had issues, I, I tried to make it really clear. Um, I think he overextends himself on those breach blocks. I think he doesn't get himself back in the shoots and he ends up uh, on the ground too much. Uh, But it's something that's, you know, it's not surprising. We saw it happen all the time. His pass pro, um, the move from left to right tackle has been getting discussed on Twitter. It's been awesome to have guys like, you know, Mitchell Schwartz talking about it, Olin Kroot's talking about it, Brandon Thorne talking about it. Um, We're getting a nice little community of, of O line guys to talk about these things. And it's the biggest, they were focusing on Pene Sewell who moved from life tackle at Oregon to right tackle on the lions, if I'm right. And uh, the biggest thing when you switch is you have to get comfortable to your set point. And that was the biggest Thing that I saw improve with Alejandro Villanueva. He found his set point at right tackle. You can see it clear as day. Um, you could see in the first game, guys were getting under his pads because he wasn't setting deep enough um, and it was causing him to lose his anchor and fall backwards. He literally fell to the ground on one of them. Uh, he gets setting a little bit deeper in games two and three. He's able to kind of crunch down on guys. He has what he did so well at offensive tackle for the Steelers for so many years he would beat guys to their set point. And when they would try and go low, you can see him collapse on the front top of their shoulder pads. And that's because, you know, he's six, nine, he just doesn't have natural leverage because he's so tall. So what he tries to do is when guys go low, he tries to use their lever or their creation of leverage against them. That's something that I saw is a very clear progression in preseason made me very excited about him to right tackle. I think it all stems from him finding a set point. So, we're looking good there. I think he's going to be a solid right tackle. We're going to see an improvement, a drastic improvement in pass protection from what we saw in the the playoffs. Um, Run blocking, though, he's going to miss blocks. Just get used to it now. I don't want to hear about it. I already know he's going to miss blocks in the run game. It is what it is. Um, He's done it for years, but that said, he's still, he can make some darn good blocks, and he's, uh, I think what he does that's different than we saw from even Orlando Brown, he's a lot quicker. He gets out into the second level really well. It's all about how he squares his shoulders, gets back in his shoot, and engages in the block. And that's something that Orlando Brown did masterfully. And that's why, you know, he's going to get paid the big bucks and he's going to be a solid left tackle in Kansas City. So it is what it is. um As for the interior, that was obviously a huge concern. I think we're going to, I personally think we're going to see Phillips start at left guard. I think we're going to see Bozeman at center. And I think we're going to see obviously Zietler at right guard. Ziegler's going to add a ton. He's got all the experience. We saw it in the preseason. He's out there making line calls already. That's only going to progress. It's going to help Bozeman. Um, I think Bozeman looked great. He talked about it earlier. It's really going to come down to how left guard shakes out, which is going to, you know, that's the difference between this being a fifth, you know, 12 to 16th ranked offensive line in the league versus, you know, that, you know, when we're getting into the, you know, the, the seven, eight, you know, the top, right. the, you know, the upper echelon. I don't yeah. think they're going to be a top O-line in the league. I don't think they have to be. I'd like to see them, you know, break the top 10 in terms of overall effectiveness. Um, it's really going to come down to the left guard, getting in there and seizing the opportunity. If Phillips is the guy, I think he's going to show good mobility on his poles when they do go power right behind Zietler and Villanueva. Um, I think they can also run a little bit more inside zone. We actually saw them with Huntley run zone from under center. Made a huge difference. We saw them able to run bootlegs where... Um, the backside defensive end is chasing down the line to protect against that cutback in the zone and Huntley was getting out there, you know, empty on, uh, on the bootleg. So I think that's another key difference where I'd like to see Roman take a bigger step in terms of playing Lamar under center using zone and then using the bootleg off of that. I think it'll just give Lamar more space. What you see is when they run it out of their pistol, because guys are so used to charging the mesh point uh, because we run the veer option they're just charging Lamar and he's throwing with a man in his face constantly. That's just like, we can get away from making him throw those under pressure. It's not going to help him. Um, It's not going to help any quarterback who wants to throw with the ball when you got a guy running into your (laughs) face. Um, So that's something that I think they can do that would make a key difference. Overall though, this line should be improved as a total five man unit. One thing I do warn people against give Ronnie Stanley a few weeks. He just got back from a, from major surgery. Um, it's not that he's not going to be the same technician that he is. He's just got to get back. He's got to get comfortable. He's got to get healthy. He's got to get back up to speed conditioning wise. Give him a few weeks. Um, you know, I think it'll take four weeks, give him four weeks. And then I think he'll be, uh, he'll be back to his elite level of play.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and, Another big thing with that, I think is just having the guys who have been in and out with injuries, you know, Zeidler misses some time early on. Bozeman is in and out with those minor day or two things. The, the left guard position has been kind of a turnstile right now. We don't really know, but I, I agree Cole. I think it will be Phillips. So. In the first couple weeks, if the offensive line is not up to par, if they're struggling a little bit, I think that's to be expected. It's the same thing with the wide receiver group in Lamar Jackson, where guys have missed time. There's going to be a little bit of time for them to get on the same page with each other. So I agree. I think the offensive line will be a pleasantly surprising upgrade from what they had in 2020, but it might just take a few weeks to get to what I think people are wanting and expecting from the Baltimore Ravens there. But Cole, that's all that I have for you today. Please tell people where they can find you, whether it be YouTube Your Twitter's at the bottom there, but, you know, shout it out as well. Anywhere you want to be found, now is your opportunity.
0: Cole Jackson, FB on Twitter. You know, I'm always looking for a good debate, especially with you, Jake. Um, (laughs) And two guys watching football on YouTube, uh, me and Michael Crawford kind of partnered with uh, some guys, Denard Melton, Kerry Stevenson, Adam Bonacorsi, and Chris Aguilera. We're trying to build uh, a a, a different channel over there. There's so many great channels out there. (laughs) obviously Graven's awesome. We now have locked on in the family. We got It up films. We have a great family of Ravens content here on YouTube. So we're just trying to add something to the mix. We're going to be mainly focusing in film, um, but we're also going to be doing some other things. You know, I've had Jeff Strubeck on a few times, which I think has been of a lot of interest to people. Um, and we're going to have uh, some other things like a post game show, you know, just something different just to uh, just add that mixture. So look for that on YouTube, two guys watching football. Um, and you know, you'll see me here every Wednesday coming at you with Kevin. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The link to Cole's Twitter and his YouTube channel will both be in the description below. So be sure to check both of them out. Cole makes great content, he always has. And if you need some extra offensive line input, he's the guy to go to. There's no one better. But thank you again, Cole. That's all that I have for you today here on Locked on Ravens. When we get back here tomorrow, we're creeping up on that Las Vegas Raiders Monday night football game. So stay tuned for that. And I will see you tomorrow.